Well, we have actually been here a long time. We have. Yikes. We've been ranting. Hello. Something to rant about was a good episode this morning. Was. For those of you who are paying for premium content, you you understand. Get your money's worth. Yeah. Um, hello, everybody in podcast world. We're officially recording now. So, you know how last week when you... if anybody's actually looking now. Where do I find the premium content? <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> we're, we're all premium all the time. It's all premium, baby. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So remember last week when you said that Sade mm, pronounced okay. her name Sade? Yes. I had a, I have a theory. Yes. Because I went and I looked at interviews because mm. it bothered me. I um, knew it would. <laughs> when something sticks with me, it sticks with me. <clears throat> there are, I think. There are times when you have certain Sheldon-like qualities. Well, that come up. I think uh, maybe it's because she's British and British people speak it, like it, that. It's very possible. Sade. But I remember, I think it was People Magazine. They actually had the pronunciation key. Showing it with an R. Do in you the trust People magazine? No, I don't remember if it was actually People. You were talking about the eighties, but uh, <clears throat> that's it my was, theory. Uh, yeah, because I was shoot. I think when she came out, I was like a sophomore or something, um, which is like seventy-seven hundred years ago. I was not thought about, but no, you were not. That's my except theory. in the mind of God. Thank you. Uh, that's my theory. I'm, stick, I I'm sticking to it. I Think that's entirely possible. So. But I remember, I remember being very bothered by it then. And the that reason it, that I'm not bothered by it now is because I was bothered by it then and I've had time, you've had time to, to, to get past it. I've, 30 years. I've, I've accumulated many other things to be bothered about, and I don't well, have to bo true. bother with that. And So many bothers. Yeah. I'm bothered by most things, but I'm, just, I'm only Especially human. Especially if we're talking. Okay. You can get me into all kinds of uh, 80s music here. but uh. I was trying to get into the sermon. Uh, that, see, now that's a great segue, and I missed it because I was stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the, I oh, love the I'm 80s stuck music. In the 90s. So. Good times. Good, good times. times. Great oldies. So, yeah. So, and what are we talking about? Jesus being truly human. That's right. Not, Just like us. Wonder if he would say Chardonnay or Chardonnay. <laughs> He's the true authority. It's entirely possible that he might have an eye roll for it, but I. Most That's speculation. That I, I don't really know. I feel like we're lower in the screen than normal, and I'm generally slouching when I'm sitting. So I don't know. Something's can you see us? Something is askew. I think we're okay. I feel like we're better here than here. I think you're right. I but don't. whatever. So nobody's watching. Not super YouTube. relevant, but anyway. Yeah. So my, yeah. My it, excuse for everything today is that I'm only human. Much, much like Jesus was part human. I will have that song in my head. My whole life now. which one do you think because i'm thinking of the christina perry one but that's like oh, a, i don't remember that one that was a 90s oh uh, yeah no, now i have it in my head too so it's popular, it's popular tiktok song all right and now i'm thinking <sighs> of human league and there's just so many human so things many human things oh the humanity um but yeah as we're looking at the book of luke we're continuing in but yeah but yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> we move on moving on <clears throat> It's a Monday. Maybe we shouldn't do this on Monday. J.K. Simmons. Moving on. Just keep swimming. <laughs> you know, speaking of pop culture pointlessness, oh, I am amazed at how much entertainment value I find in J.K. Simmons in uh, um, what is the uh, insurance company? That, that he does oh, Farmers that. Insurance? Yeah. Uh, we are farmers. You know, the guy's brilliant. Yeah. He's the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. Everything that I've seen him in at any point in his career, he's been perfect and brilliant. And he don't watch, the, don't, want, don't watch Whiplash. 
He's okay. extremely good in it, but terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying and hateable. I told Gabe to watch it because it's about. <laughs> he makes drama, a good drummer. Commissioner Gordon in Batman. True. Uh, he's, you know, it was one of my favorite parts of the uh, of the newer newer Marvel Spider-Man, as opposed to the Sony Spider-Mans. Um, and yes, Spider-Mans, because I'm referring to the movies, not Spider-Men, because I'm not referring to the individual Spider-Mans. characters. But anyhow, uh, when they bring him back uh, <laughs> as as uh, J. Jonah Jameson in an entirely different uh, Spider-Man universe, I think I yelled out loud at the screen. It was just fantastic. <clears throat> Has absolutely he too nothing. is only human. Right. As is Spider-Man, which is one of the things that I've always appreciated about Spider-Man. One of the few characters early on with superpowers who actually, even, even the ones that didn't, uh, didn't display the human characteristics that Spider-Man did. The, the constant um, the constant struggle with the morality of it, which eventually most every character ended up dealing with it. But uh, when Spider-Man started up from the very beginning, he was a, a teenager who was constantly struggling. Every time he would save the world, it would ruin his relationships. Every time he'd save a relationship, somebody in the world would die. You know, it just there was a constant struggle between the life of Peter Parker and the life of Spider-Man. And so the human qualities that came out, the relational struggles, the difficulty, the, the, the inner turmoil uh, was always part of the character before he was iconic and cool and all that. I feel that way about Batman. Batman now. Batman uh, has had many iterations over the years. And I think some, I think, honestly... I think all of the movie franchises with Batman uh, since 1989 have done a really good job. Now, the the first one uh, from 89. Was Adam West. Kinda, <laughs> well, back in, yeah, back in 66, a little bit different. But, yeah, that was laughable and campy. But I guess I'm talking like Dark Knight era to today. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I felt like the George Clooney ones were kind of campy, too. There was only one George Clooney one, oh, and was it was, was horrible. In fact, I would say horrific. Nightmarish. Uh, I, I I would have more nightmares about that movie than about Heath Ledger's Joker because that was just that bad. Oh my goodness! No, yeah, that was only one because that was the death of the franchise. You know, so when they Michael Keaton did too, Val Kilmer played Michael Keaton playing Batman, did a brilliant job, uh, I think, of playing Michael Keaton playing Batman, uh, and uh, then George Clooney played George Clooney. Mm. And it was really, really bad. Even George Clooney thinks it was bad. I well, just saw a thing not. where where he said I, I uh, got one shot to play a superhero, and I messed it up so bad that they you know killed the franchise, and nobody will let me near a yep. set anymore. And Christian Bale did great. And uh, Christian Bale did great. Uh, I've heard good things about our Pats. Everything that I've heard so Except far that has he's been good. kind of emo Batman. So, but... Yeah, yeah, I've heard. The, I've seen some memes about <laughs> emo Batman. Anyway, but. The but you know that's the nice thing. It's why I think ba Batman is more relatable than. Some well, he doesn't others. have any superpowers. Batman right. has zero superpowers. Right. Same thing with Tony Stark. You, you don't. It's all rich guy tech right. stuff. Oh, we and forgot about Ben Affleck. We didn't talk about Ben Affleck. Ben, I thought Ben Affleck did a great job too. I you know I, I know not everybody agrees with that. I think sometimes people are so so determined to hate on things. You know, I think we switched over to Ricky's <laughs> podcast with the, the the Wednesday polls. Oh gosh, but. Um, <laughs> or, or the, I guess the podcast is the weekly polls. I can't keep track. There's so many that are so close. But this is not a comic book or movie Despite podcast. Despite that we're 10 minutes in. I mean. But we are talking about um, 
something much more serious. We're talking about who Jesus is. And so as we're approaching Easter, we want to take a little time to do some Christology and take a, a look at how is Jesus portrayed in the Gospels. And um, one of the things that has been clear, and I hope I make this clear each week as we're talking about, it, is that it's the same Jesus in all four Gospels. It, it's He's presented as the promised king, the suffering servant, as truly human and truly divine in all four Gospels. And none of them diminish any aspect of that. Um, but just like we were talking about on Sunday, it's a little bit like when you focus a lens, when you focus a camera lens or a telescope, uh, you're looking at the same image, you're seeing the same thing, but some things will be drawn out or, or placed in the background. Uh, some things will be more sharply in focus than others. And so while Matthew sharply focused on uh, Jesus uh, as the promised king and the authority that he had and has, uh, and Mark focused in, you know, presents him as king in the same way, and yet then emphasizes within that that he's not the king you expected. Mm -hmm. He's a different king than what you expected. He is the suffering servant of, of Isaiah 53. The prophecies were always there of the suffering servant, but I think they get separated in people's minds. And so the king has to rule and, and be majestic and, and have superpowers, basically. Uh, and the suffering servant is something different. And uh, as you see those, Matthew presents the same suffering. Mark emphasizes it. Luke presents the most human, I think, uh, this is my, my affection for it, is I think Luke approaches it as a historian of sorts. He approaches it as a uh, as not an eyewitness, but an investigator, a seeker of truth. And in seeking truth, he found Christ. And as he found Christ and investigated all of these things for himself, he put together this account to portray who Jesus was, what he did, um, so that we understand in our lives today, even though he wasn't writing to us personally, but to his audience at the time of the first century, um, that we can understand today who Jesus is and what he did in the past can um, can tell us not only about our present, but about our future. Mm -hmm. So uh, as Luke lays out his gospel, there's a lot of, uh, you might almost say, needless detail. You know, he, he says things that the others don't. Mark has the least detail. He's, he's just cruising through, short, you know, to the point. Um, Luke involves some of the Old Testament prophecies like Matthew has. He includes the action that Mark has. He includes uh, pictures of uh, Christ's deity that John has. But he puts all these things together in this um, uh, maybe comprehensive isn't the best choice of words, but it's what I got. So, you know, it's sort of a comprehensive picture mm -hmm. uh, of who Jesus was <clears throat> when he was walking the earth. And Little things like um, pointing out, even in the book of Acts, the uh, the servant girl who answers the door uh, when Peter shows up and they think he's it's his ghost and he names her. Mm -hmm. Why? True. Why do we need to know that? True. We need to know it because these are real people in right. real life. It's not just a made up story. We, we want to actually say, hey, you know what? I, I knew her aunt. You know, right, and so right, there's right. a. There's a connection with this. So he couches all these things in historical setting 
for people who were alive to know that historical setting. So this is within the lifetime of those who are contemporary to the story who can say, oh yeah, when this uh, census was taken or when, you know, Tiberius was here and, right. uh, you know, well, this pilot, he did these things and that's totally in keeping with, with what we know him to have done. And, oh man, I remember that event. And he, and he kind of puts all of that together and shows the, the affections, the feelings, the emotions, I think in a different, uh, John does too, but, but uh, Luke and John both seem to have this, the, um, they seem to convey the emotional aspect a little bit more clearly to me anyway, than what Matthew and Mark do. <clears throat> and in Luke, we see that, that he's portraying Jesus who is the son of God, refers to himself throughout as the son of man. That's a common uh, title for uh, prophets in the Old Testament. He refers to himself as the son of man. And he became one of us to save all of us who are willing to turn to him. And, and we turn to him when he takes hold of our hearts and opens our eyes and gives us a desire to do that. Uh, he doesn't drag us against our will, but he changes our will. He doesn't... Uh, he doesn't do so because we wanted him, because none of us do. We want, we, we want our own way. We want to be God in our sinful nature. But when God opens our eyes and allows us to see what we cannot see with our hard hearts, then we turn to him and no one gets turned away. Right. Nobody who mm -hmm. wants to say, be saved. I guess I'm getting a little bit off from what Luke is talking about here, although but, it is throughout the book. Right. It's just not the focus in the portrait of Christ. I think um, you and I have been talking about this in a number of settings. <clears throat> um, there are a lot of folks who might feel like, you know, God has rejected me or I can't be saved or whatever else. Listen, nobody who wants to be saved will not be saved. That has always struck me because and again, I don't want to get too far off topic here, Topic here, but even their core, core reality is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became one of us to save all of us who will turn to him. So, and you're going to have to tell me which verse it is, but uh, where, where it says no one will be turned away. No one who comes to me will be turned away. And yet you also hear, you also read that uh, the that not many people will get into heaven or you hear that, you know, it's very hard to get into heaven and right. blah, blah, blah. So you hear all these certain things and it seems so easy and yet so exceedingly difficult. <laughs> right. And, and Jesus says both things, right? you know, and, so and whether it's Jesus or Paul right. or Peter or, right. or any of the, it four almost seems contradictory. There's a constant, um, Balance isn't quite right. Tension isn't quite right. But somewhere in that that mm -hmm. vicinity of balance and tension of um, the fact that if the gospel is open to everyone. Right. But very few will ever receive it. And it's really hard. It's simple. Jesus also says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. But it's also really hard mm -hmm. to get saved to the point where the... the Apostles say, wait, um, if what you're saying is true, then how can anybody be saved? If these people get, aren't saved, then who in the world can possibly be saved? <clears throat> and Jesus goes to far as to, so far as to say with man, it's impossible. You can't be saved. Well, that's not great news. 
But his point is, with God, all things are possible. Right. And, and he makes it very clear. You cannot save yourself. You don't get saved because you want to. You get saved, be- I mean, you do. But the reason that you even want to is because God has given you the gift of faith. <clears throat> He's drawn you to himself. Uh, no one can come to me except the Father draws him, the Lord said. And so uh, the same one who says no one can come unless the Father draws him also says, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Mm-hmm. So as we're seeing this um, uh, this tension or balance of the easy and the hard, the the, the simple and yet the very intricate, um, the there is a simplicity in faith. We simply recognize reality for what it is and choose to embrace it. Uh, if I could, if I could just summarize the idea of saving faith, that would be one of the things I would probably say is acknowledging, recognizing, and acknowledging what is real and true, and choosing to embrace it. Mm. It, it you know, and <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews says that it's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Paul gives some descriptions talking about the difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. And uh, this, did I don't, did we talk about this the other day? I don't, I don't remember the conversations we had. Well, maybe it was with the youth group last night. <clears throat> We're talking about the idea that, um, now I've lost it completely. So it's great to be on a podcast and have no <laughs> brain, no, no discernible brain function. Well. But, uh, <clears throat> Thank you, coffee. Um, but yeah, as we're as we're going so, yeah. through, <laughs> so, yeah, moving on. <laughs> as we're as we're looking at the the nature of Christ, in Luke we see that he is truly human, and right. because he's truly human, he's able to stand in our place. He is able to be an appropriate, acceptable sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So he's able to do uh, in a permanent way. What animals, what the blood of bulls and the goats could not do permanently. We talked about that before. I feel like they'd have to be slaughtering animals all the time. They were. Just, it was a, a constant thing. Millions and millions of animals. And it could never make up for sin. Mm. This was kind of the point. 39 books of the Old Testament getting us to realize we can't undo. Man, we wasted well, a lot of animals. <laughs> we, well, <laughs> I, know I, mean, it was called, I know it was what you should do. But, but yeah, it, that's... That's the, that's, I guess, in a nutshell, that's the teaching point of the Old Testament. Our sin separates us from God, and sin can't be removed by good deeds. But I can't, I can't religion my way out of it. I can't sincere my way out of it. I can't, you know, <clears throat> uh, be a better person and will my way out of it. Right. Instead, I'm doomed, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to be saved. But uh, what the blood of bulls and goats could not accomplish, Christ accomplished in himself and sacrificing himself for us as human and also as the only human who was without sin. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to die for his own sin. He died for our sin, and he's able to make that. And we'll see in John that because he is God, that sacrifice is full and complete. We're, we're able to uh, see the fullness of, of, of the atoning sacrifice because he is both God and man. And and Luke does not in any way diminish the deity of Christ. In fact, he seems to set that up uh, at the end. He goes from the very uh, natural, earthy process of uh, two births to start the, the narrative with John the Baptist and Jesus himself. But he ends 
<clears throat> and obviously there's supernatural activity in those right, births. Right. But uh, but a woman having a baby is a pretty normal human right, thing. Right. So we see the humanity of Christ pictured there. Then we get to the end of the book uh, of volume one and then the book of Acts is volume two. We get to the end there and we see Jesus ascending into heaven. Not normal human activity, right. not at all. And as I pointed out on Sunday, that's no matter how many times I tried to fly as a kid with all my Superman capes and literally everything became a Superman cape. I was a big Superman guy. <clears throat> and I jumped off of lots of things. And it just ends with broken arms. Not and... <laughs> ever once. I was pretty sure I was pretty close a couple of times. I thought I thought I could I actually That wasn't flying, that was falling with style. <laughs> I wish that line had been out back then. I really thought myself into it. If I could mm. just picture it i could if i believed do, it i could be it that's right? interesting because that's what we do yeah as adults like if i am good it's enough the message of hollywood you know, all the time right, and, right and we try to you know tell kids that in in schools and all that you know if you can believe it you can achieve it if you can dream it you can do it and all these kind if you can see it you can be it Boy, we like slogans don't we, we give, <laughs> like we, rhyming yeah really. we put all these i got, a, I got a couple stickers. that are not appropriate but as we're as we're going through all this stuff, we detach from reality. Hey, Luke is grounded you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's, <laughs> that's, become, my, that's, that's my become a, a big favorite around our home. Anyway, so. sorry. Uh, but, you know, Luke grounds us in reality. He mm. says, this is, this is Jesus, who is the Son of God, but he's also one of us. Right. And he walked this earth as a man. And, and he faced that... the temptations that men face and face the pains that, that we go through. You know, uh, your mom asked me this morning, or, you know, it wasn't really a question. She was thinking about it. You know, picture, did Jesus get a cold or have a fever right, or get right. sick to his stomach? You know, and presumably, yes, all of these things, because he went through what normal people went through. What I always found interesting is that <clears throat> I don't think there's a person on this planet, maybe there is, but you know, historians, atheists, whoever, most people acknowledge that Jesus was a real person that existed. It's pretty you hard know? to avoid the, right. the historical evidence. So that to me boggles my mind that you don't, <laughs> you believe that he was a person that existed, but you don't believe the rest of it. Like why? <laughs> well, and just even literary criticism of it or historical criticism of the accounts these are accounts that were claimed to be, and, and that's one of the things that I think Luke's in particular stands out. I think all of them are this, with the possible exception of John, but but Luke's in particular stands out as specifically not mythology. Right. Going to great lengths to point out this is not mythology. We're not trying to write a religious book. This is reality. This is who he was, who he is, and what we need to do about it. And so he's writing an account that's placing Jesus in space and time, in history. Mm -hmm. And he's writing With these evidence. two people right. who are who were alive then and right. are alive to be able to, to connect this and, and verify it. And when you <clears throat> when you create a, a, a verifiable or a um, uh, you, you create an account that, that can actually be tested. Mm -hmm then the myth part starts to fall away. Right. And you, maybe you can write off John's gospel as that. Maybe you can write off, you could write off Matthew or Mark as that. 
But Luke doesn't give us that option. Right. And with all of them, they're writing these things contemporary to, you know, basically contemporary to the people that are that are there. And so then when you see it and you say, well, yeah, Jesus was real, but, you know, I don't know about these miracles and so on. Well, the people that are reading it are able to attest to those things mm -hmm. to say, yeah, that really happened. I don't get it, but it happened and, and or it didn't. You know, you guys are just making this stuff up. Well, how in the world, considering the martyrdom and suffering that went along with it, considering the fact that it appealed primarily uh, early on to those who were outsiders and outcasts, um, that holding up the lie cost the lives of right. those who were right. promoting it. Right. <clears throat> People don't die for something they know is a lie. It could be a delusion. You could believe it's true and it's not, and you could die for that. But people don't die for something that I know to be untrue, that I'm not benefiting from. Right, there's right. no there's no gain here. They didn't gain financially. They didn't gain power. They didn't. Uh, they weren't seeking a political revolution. Right. So none of those things applied that would normally mm -hmm. take us that direction. Here we have this account, and <clears throat> as um, as Luke is portraying him. Uh, it just puts me in mind of uh, what the writer of Hebrews says in um, in Hebrews two, and talking about you know Jesus is is was made like us, right? That uh, angels are a higher uh, created being, but it's not angels that God subjects the world to, but He puts us in dominion over the world, not these spiritual beings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and, and looking at uh, verse Hebrews two verse ten and following, it says in bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom, for whom, and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Right. So Jesus, who is the author of our salvation, establishes elsewhere here. Uh, he is perfected. He's completed through suffering. He suffers experiencing what we experience in our suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregations. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity this is the writer of Hebrews, but it's the message that, that or the portrayal of Christ that Luke emphasizes. He too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. He was already merciful and faithful. He had to become the high priest in this, in this role. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hmm. So the, the connection of Christ in his humanity to who we are is huge. And so sure. when we see that, you know, from the very beginning of Luke's account, when we see the, the, the Christmas narrative, the nativity, this incarnation of Christ, and he's, he's born and it's explained by the angels in these, uh, 
uh, revelations to uh, Mary specifically, Matthew accounts uh, for Joseph's, and then also the the picture of both John and Jesus given to Zechariah in the vision that he receives. <clears throat> we see that Jesus was born as a human to fulfill God's promises. He is the, the promised serpent crusher, the seed of the woman from Genesis 3. Uh, we see the, the picture uh, that God gives to Moses when he says, uh, of Israel that he will raise up a prophet from among you, from among your brothers, someone like me, like like Moses, um, who will speak truth. So the the picture of who would come as Messiah had to be human to be Messiah. Uh, we'll see with John that he had to be God as well. But he fulfills the promises God made to Abraham and to David. Jesus lived under the law. That was our memory verse for the week. That. Uh, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, so that we might receive adoption to sonship. And so uh, because he was under the law as a human being and lived perfectly without sin, he knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he was able to fulfill the law on our behalf. And he experienced all of the weaknesses of the flesh that we have. He faced all the things that we face, all the difficulties, all the fears, all the struggles, all the anxieties, but he did not fail. He he walked through it and just uh, <laughs> drinking coffee from my sacred John Wayne mug this morning. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded of one of his pithy quotes that uh, and with that. <laughs> that, that courage is uh, uh, being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Right. Well, that's sort of what obedience is. Sure. You know, Jesus was faithful. It's not that he didn't have the same flesh desires. He didn't desire evil. He didn't have the same flesh right. desires, but he didn't fail. He surrendered to the Lord's will. And because of that, he conquered real death for us and is able to give us real life in his name. Okay, we will stop there because we're out of time on our recording. So thank you guys for listening and we will catch you later.